Hello and welcome back to The Public Eye, a five-part series of podcasts brought to you by Granite Exchange. I'm your host, Sarah Travers, and throughout this series, I'm so fortunate to be speaking with local entrepreneurs and business owners to learn more about how their companies have come to be, to gain insight into their growth, and find out how they continue to innovate. So wherever you get your podcasts from, remember to keep an eye out for all new episodes and subscribe to stay up to date. Well, today in the studio, I'm joined by Julianne Robertson, Managing Director at EP Design Limited. Julianne, how are you today? I'm great. Thanks for having me, Sarah. Well, you're very welcome to the podcast studio. As always, I'll give a little bit of background and so don't go away. (laughs) So EP Design is an award-winning wedding and event design, planning and management studio based in Portadown, County Armagh and creates events around the country. EP Design are event stylists and wedding planners who believe in the power of experiences and love working with clients to produce really unforgettable events. They have a reputation for innovative designs and excellent execution, from weddings to large corporate events, celebrations, intimate gatherings, Christmas and seasonal styling. EP Design is really the go-to for every event and they go all in when they do. Julianne, uh, Congratulations. But, you know, working in events for the last couple of years must have been a challenge. Very much so, yes. Um, thank you for that lovely introduction. Who knew we did all that? <laughs> I know, it's great, isn't it? <laughs> the little, oh, is that me? Yes. <laughs> um, yes, I mean, it's it's been a, a difficult or a tricky couple of years. Um, we've been on the go since 2010. Um, so we've, we've been through different sort of ebbs and, and flows um, with the business, but certainly... Um, it's been a change of pace. Um, I think, as, as we were speaking just before the show, at the moment we're we're inundated with with weddings and events. We're trying to sort of pack in about two years worth of business into about six months. Yeah, thank so goodness that comes. Thank goodness, exactly. And we shouldn't complain. It's a very good complaint, but it comes with its challenges as well. You yeah. know. So, but we're up for the challenge. You know, we're busy and we like to be busy, and we're. It's lovely to be back out on site, chatting with clients and, and doing what we like to do. Just you know? doing what you what you wanted to do in the first place. So, exactly. how did it all start? then you said back in 2010 uh, so how did that begin yes so my uh, my background actually wasn't in events um i so I was born and raised in portadown where, where i still live um went through Portadown College, was always quite a creative person, you know, sort of music, theatre, singing, dancing, all of that kind of thing. So very naturally led to um, going on to Queen's to do law, which <laughs> was just off mm. a bit of a tangent there. <laughs> but it was sort of back in the day where your career teacher said, if you got decent A-levels, go and do mm-hmm. medicine, law or accountancy. That was basically your, your path. So um, went up, had a great three years crack up in Queen's, won't lie, but um, probably never realistically saw myself settling in, in law as a career. Um, but my dad at the time was heavily involved in uh, property development and I got a bit of a um, an interest in that and was working with him a little bit. Um, so went on to do a postgrad in uh, surveying mm-hmm. and then went to work, uh, um, interviewed and got a job with Lisney in Belfast Commercial Property Company yeah. and worked with them for a number of years. Um, before moving actually closer to home um, in Portadown with a company, um, my area um, or specialty was commercial valuation. So when the property market sort of hit a little bump in the road, let's say, yeah. around 2008, yeah. um, I was actually, I found myself made redundant. And at the time, my husband, who's also a business owner, he, he has a gym uh, for the last sort of 15, 16 years. Um, we sat down and, and we sort of said, right, well, what do you want to do? And it was funny, the week I was about to sign a new contract to go into the same line of work, I said, don't want to do this. It's time to 
you know, take a, a complete change of pace um, and go back into something much more creative. Um, so I ended up actually going and working in a with a bridal company in a, in a boutique over in the Linen Green Dungannon, working with some fabulous designers. It was Oscar de la Renta, mm-hmm. Carolina Herrera. It was fabulous. And it sort of sparked an interest for me in that I knew I wanted to get into the bridal or the wedding scene. I just wasn't exactly sure which area I wanted to do. Um, so I was, um, around that time, I'd got engaged myself. Um, and what I quickly found was I couldn't exactly find what I was looking for in terms of how I wanted the day to come to life or how I wanted to plan it out. So I did a lot of it myself and I ended up sort of buying a little bit of stock that I wanted to just use myself, not really knowing if I was going to launch it into a full business but I thought I'll you know I'll dip my toe in see how we go um and honestly it's sort of it's one of those I haven't looked back it's just grown from there um so that's why I laugh whenever you know our clients will come in and say this is my dream job I'd love to do this I don't scoff at that I think if it is go for it you know it's certainly how I got there I'm very much self-taught um although I did you know go back and sort of retrain in certain things um but very much it's grown from strength to strength just from experience and sort of learning on the ground and as I go. And isn't it interesting that it took, you know, a kind of a big life curveball, a redundancy. Yes. Yeah. To be I suppose the catalyst for yeah. change because you've nothing to lose at that point. You've got to do something. Definitely. And and you know, in with in full disclosure, I suppose, it was probably the first time in my life, you know, and I was only maybe, you know, early twenties, but it was the first time I'd come up against something really that I had failed at, if you like, or certainly how I felt at the time, okay. you know. And looking back now and with hindsight and age and all of that, you know, it was it was the best thing that could have happened to me. You know, it pushed me into or down the path that I needed to be on in terms of career and work life. Um, but it also gave me a real drive of I had something to prove, I think, mm. as well, you know. And if I was going to set up a business, it had to work, yeah. you know. Um, so I think all of those were actually really good things for me at the time, but at the time I probably didn't realise it. You no, know? that's it on hindsight is a wonderful thing and that's a great life lesson if anybody's listening to this now maybe going through something because it is a challenging time lots of change lots of flux but out of change comes amazing things and opportunities and one door closes and another opens and maybe you don't even know what that's going to be yet and that's quite yeah. magical mm-hmm. and I think again nearly the older we get or the more experience we have in life I think we're much more open to that I think maybe when you're slightly younger um, you're a little bit hesitant or you're fearful of things not working you know and I think as say, we sort of maybe move through life you're like what's the worst can happen you know give it a go you know have a bit of fun with it and if it doesn't work, well, then we change pace or we, we you know, we, we go in a different direction, you know. But there's so much as well about the way you're brought up and the way, you know, you, you talked already about what was expected of you. So yes. expectations, whether they were something that you'd imagined or actually somebody was saying no law, accountancy or absolutely yeah, yeah. medicine. Um, so failure was a massive thing to feel that you had underachieved in some way shape or form or you weren't cut out for it yes very much so I mean my um both of my parents are teachers so um we we come from a household of you know you work hard you're conscientious at school get your skill work done and um that was just how it was it wasn't ever an option probably not to go to university and go and get a good job you know that was that was the expectation um and thankfully I enjoyed school you know all all sort of all of the subjects and all around um but definitely, I would never have imagined at that stage, at 18, 19, 20, going to university, that I was 
you know, a few years down the line going to open up a creative business no. and, you know, and run it myself. It, it just wasn't something on my radar. But even at school, I suppose, entrepreneurship and things like that just wasn't it, really taught. Know, and it wasn't promoted and mm-hmm. it wasn't encouraged, to be honest. You know, I think it's very different now. I think yeah. there are so many entrepreneurs, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and it's a, it's, a, it's a big scope of a word now, maybe more so than it ever was before. But um, it, it's great that people are encouraged to go and try new things. Um, but I think there's still industries that are maybe... Um, not recognised still, you know, to the same degree that maybe they should be, you know. Okay, tell um, me more. Well, I just think, you know, from from me in the wedding industry or creative arts industries, they're maybe not given the same, same recognition as some of the slightly considered more academic career oh. paths, you know. Um, and it's something that I'm... I'm quite passionate about, you know, and the different students and interns and things that we would have at EP Design. We're really championing, championing them to to try and get into business and pursue something, especially, you know, young women mm-hmm. getting into business. You know, I love to see, you know, women across the board taking on something themselves and not feeling that they have to work for someone else, you know. That's it. And that's such an interesting point that you made then. At the minute, I suppose, women are being encouraged into all sorts of industries and sectors that they've been underrepresented in before, maybe moving into, you know, technology and science and the STEM. But actually, have we as a society lost that ability to recognize success in the creatives in the beauty industry in the wedding industry in the planning i mean maybe maybe do we feel we have to move away from that completely nearly to prove a point yeah i know and you know i think as women there there has been a period of time where you're you know trying to hide your softness or try to hide you know femininity Mm -hmm. you know to a certain degree instead of embracing it and all of the wonderful things that come with that you know um you know as well as running a business i'm very much wife to my long-suffering husband Gary um, or has or he would have you to believe um, and mommy to three um, lovely kids you know and that's my my first priority and my first job but if anything even the pandemic has shown me I think previous to that if I had calls to do your consultations the thought of having a zoom call with kids clattering about in the background was a complete no-no for me you know I thought it wasn't mm. acceptable it wasn't professional and I think everyone relaxed <laughs> through the pandemic and we just had to. We had no choice. We were homeschooling and doing bridal consultations, you know, within the same hour, you know. And you have an eight month old baby. And we have an eight month old baby, My you know. Um, although she's not usually the problem in the Zoom calls. It's usually the six <laughs> and eight year old, to be fair. Um, I think a few of our clients got to see uh, Max and Tom in, in all sorts of situations. They had a glimpse of their Absolutely. future, let's just put it yes, that way. Yes, they did. Um, but I think it actually was a really good eye opener for me of just... This, this is okay. It's okay to be mummy and mm. to be a business owner. And, you know, now if I can't, you know, do a call at a particular time because I have to drop kids off to school, I'm, I'm very okay with saying that. You know what I mean? So... Well, that's, I think it's a that's lot more great accepting. that you've reached that. Yes. Um, yeah. And whether society as well has got so used to seeing the kids in the background on, on all the Zoom calls as well. This podcast is sponsored by Granite Legal Services, a niche business and immigration law practice located in the heart of Newry City. Granite Legal Services provides legal advice to both individuals and companies alike across a wide range of industries, from employment, commercial or corporate law matters to immigration law. Granite Legal Services focuses on providing legally sound, practical advice to its clients. To get in touch, visit www.granitelegalservices.co.uk or contact 028 3026 
So let's go back to, you know, launching and setting up. And um, obviously you started with your first with your own wedding. So yes. what a great way to test the market, <laughs> so to speak. And yeah. you could see then what was required. You said you weren't able to source or get anything that you wanted. What did you want and what did you provide for your wedding? I think and it's something we I'm very passionate about still with, with EP design, um, that it's not just a higher list of decor coming in and being put into our room, you know, to make it look pretty. I think it's very much about creating an experience for your guests. So you know, to try and take it a step further, um, we get a lot of clients who'll come in and say, you know, I want something different. And we all sort of think we want something different. Mm. But actually, when we start to break it down, a lot of us don't. We don't. You know, we, there it's are like going to the hairdressers. Exactly. I want something different. Do what the heck you are you doing? Don't do that. it's this length and yes. it's this colour. Yes. You know, <laughs> so I think um, for me, I wanted to do something a little bit different, but just nearly pushing the boundaries of what was already established, but putting my own spin on it. And I was finding it difficult um, to... I suppose find suppliers who weren't just giving me sort of the the rule book of well I've done these three weddings this is the look you can have you know and I was like well could we tweak yes. it slightly not really you know <sighs> so um, and I mean there are fantastic suppliers across Ireland um, that we work with today um, and I think there's been a real movement towards pushing boundaries I think our clients our brides in particular are so astute now and know what they want. They're very fashion forward, you know, and they're decisive. And it's fantastic, you know, because there's a much closer link now than there ever was between, you know, the fashion industry, the arts, theatre, weddings, events, design, all of that combined, you know, um, taking inspiration from, from all of that. So I think when I was getting married, I just wanted to make sure that when people walked into that room, it looked like Gary and I, you know, okay. it looked like our style and they knew that, oh, this is this is their wedding. And it, it, it just oozes what we expect from them as opposed to this is lovely, but it's exactly the same as the wedding that was on last Saturday. So tell you know? me, what did you have? No, <laughs> I thought I would change it all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we actually went for a, a really very white wedding, um, but we did sort of over the top large scale, you know, floral installations. And at the time it was very much. Um, sort of low settings or candelabra or whatever it would be on tables. So we went for sort of large scale floral arrangements on on the tables, did a little bit of um, ceiling work, brought in lighting that hadn't been done much before, um, which is now very, very standard. You know, right. but it's certainly an industry that moves at a rapid pace. You know, you, you have to keep up. Um, so it's not that it was anything earth shattering or groundbreaking, but it just, it, it was very us. And we went in, it made us feel comfortable and our family and friends recognise it as our style. I think that was what was important to me. Well, it worked for you and that's absolutely yes. what it boils down to if, if everybody's happy instead of trying to please everyone else. Yeah. Um, <laughs> then you know, people looked and they said, we like this. And what happened next? Then how did it become a business? Yeah. Well, I think I, I bullied a few of my bridesmaids and friends probably into letting me do their weddings okay. as well. Um, they said I didn't bully them, but I'm sure I did. Um, did they pay you? He goes, not well. No, <laughs> no, not well. Um, but but so it, it honestly was one of those um, sort of a slippery slope, if you like. We started doing um, some events for friends, for family. Um, and then... I, I sort of was doing obviously my market research at the time because I thought this is for me this is what I really want to invest my time in um, and I'd, I'd got married um, at Castle Leslie Estate down in, in Monaghan where we now do an, an awful lot of work actually oh, which is lovely, how lovely. Um, although now we use the service entrance instead of you know coming in the front door but um, I just remember at the time arranging a consultation to go down and speak to the team there um, and I put my lookbook together of you know 
the limited amount of work that we had done at the time, but um, of what we were intending to do, what our vision for the company was and the service that I could provide and going down to speak to them. And I remember um, one of the ladies I spoke to there at the time, Karen, said, no one has done this before. No one has taken the time to come down, sit down and say, this is what I can do for you. This is what I see our, our company you know, bringing to the table. This is what we want to do differently. Can we work together? And said, you know, I'd be delighted to recommend you, you know. Wow. So, so that was like collaboration. That's what the key is. Yeah. And I think, you know, there were obviously established businesses at the time who were doing a super job and still are. But maybe either didn't think they needed to maybe go that extra mile to have a conversation or it maybe just wasn't something that was particularly done at the time. So what, in the past they would have maybe had the conversation with the bride but not gone to But maybe not directly with with the location, you Mm. know. And so that was, you know, we were very lucky in that regard that straight away we were getting some referral work from a lovely venue, you know. Um, So that definitely sort of gave us a kickstart. So when the bride is, it's been a long time since I've had to do anything like this, but... um, (laughs) What way does it work? Do they usually pick location first and then the uh, well, look? So it's we're slightly twofold in the services that we offer. So we offer a full um, wedding and event planning. I should service. say the groom as well. I'm sure the groom or the yes, grooms. They, they're knocking yes. about too. Yes. Yeah, occasionally. Um, so we we offer a full wedding and event. Uh, planning service so that could entail depending on when the couple come to us they may have their venue chosen they may not and if they don't we will you know we will go on site visits and recommend venues for Uh them and really start the process from beginning to end Um, other clients will come and will just need help with the design and styling end of things so we can do as little or as much really as is required Um, and I said we work right across Ireland um there are certain venues that will that we're very fortunate that will recommend us and we work closely with, um, but we're not um, we're not restricted to any particular venue. So, um, so what's the what's the most amazing wedding you've done? Oh goodness, um, I always worry every bride. Okay, ever so I like should rephrase mine. that to make it easier for you. <laughs> Maybe what's what's been the most impressive? impressive. Sort of, yes. Yeah. To be honest with you, this is maybe a, a bit of a cop-out, Sarah, I don't know, but there's there's bits of so many different weddings that we've worked on that we've just loved. Um, and the, what makes it really successful, I think, from our end of, of things is when the client allows us to kind of push their boundaries a little bit. And whenever we, again, a bit like going back to my own wedding, when they feel comfortable enough to put their trust in me that we can, you know, do something a wee bit different, build something from scratch, but ultimately pull out their personalities a wee bit and tease it out of them that when they walk in, it just speaks to them. It's like, mm-hmm. this is I, uh, this is me, you know. Um, it, I suppose we're, we've got a little bit known for our kind of ceiling installations. We work in a lot of marquee venues and um, marquees at home. So we're always um, quite keen to do something quite special up in the ceiling and up in the, up in the roof, you know, whether that's we created a, like a rose garden ceiling. Gorgeous. A couple of years back, and I think we had hand sewn um, uh, over six hundred roses, one um, d- um, delicate silk ribbons um, to to spend from the ceiling. Did you? Oh, it was fabulous! Uh, yes, uh, everybody loved me for um, suggesting that one. But it's one of those things that there's a lot of hard work goes in behind the scenes that maybe people don't think oh. about. You know, for a long time, um, even with my my own friends and family, you know, we were a you know chair cover and bow company. That's what. Okay. They, you know, that's and that's the old fashioned sort of. Yes, I'll dress you know, your rooms. So you can cover it. the chairs. Um, and, and to this day, you know, my husband will say, go on, you know, then fluff things up. You know, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> so um, and I think actually for a, for a while, probably again, coming off, uh, 
you know, my, you know, being made redundant, feeling like I had something to prove. Probably it was my own sort of insecurity initially that I took that very personally, you know, that it wasn't considered a serious mm. business. Are and you I a think perfectionist? Possibly. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, control freak maybe is, is better but um yes I like things to be I think perfect maybe isn't even the right word for me I, I like things to be as good as they can possibly be I think I've got realistic enough to know that perfection is very subjective yes. you know and um, and do you ha- I mean obviously you have to be able to be flexible within that because things change so. situations change the roses don't arrive exactly the way <laughs> you know if you've got a vision yes. in your head yeah. and then actually that's not quite right we need to tweak but all the time reassuring your client absolutely and that uh, comes back to a really important um point that we stressed our clients from the very beginning it has to be a good fit with the client that we take on equally as much as they choose us we have to choose them because um they need to trust us and if they do and they put that trust in us and know that on the day if something arises that i will fix it and i'll fix it and it might be exactly as it was going to be previously but it'll always usually be better because we have the opportunity to to play around with it or to make changes for the better you know and how do you manage those that maybe are similar to yourself and want to control everything and um, you know how do you manage that because it is a stressful time and absolutely and I suppose you know people are paying quite a bit of money for this yeah no for sure I think one of the key things we find is we're very very stringent about customer service it's a big thing for me I want the client journey with us from the very beginning from the minute they arrive at our barn you know where their names are on the screen they're offered a glass of Prosecco or a, or a cup of coffee with, you know, chilled water and a slice of lemon. It, we want it to be lovely, the experience from start to finish. And you know yourself, if you're looked after, you feel comfortable. Oh, yes. um, but one of the key things, I think, is communication. Um, and so we try to respond as quickly as possible. We try to provide as much detail as possible. Um, we're very keen on making things as visual as we possibly can. A lot of couples struggle to maybe imagine what it really is going to be like in reality mm. come the day despite maybe you know if you're handed a word document with a list of of what it's going to be it doesn't really do anything for them so that's why even now in this podcast uh, we want to see pictures absolutely yes exactly so we're very um committed to putting together really in-depth design proposals with lots of imagery and that's actually something we're really working hard on this year to take a step further um to make it much more of like a virtual walkthrough of spaces ah, um, so they really? can really immerse themselves you know um so we're working hard at that at the moment i'm not the um gifted technology um person in our company but um i've great people who are working alongside us you know to try and make that happen um and it's something we're very very excited about you know because it's going that direction you know people have they want to see what it's going to be like um and it just gives them a much much clearer idea Oh my goodness! So I'm imagining imagining these uh, virtual reality headsets in the future. Or something yeah, exactly. You can walk through your well, I think even venues during COVID. Um, I mean, if you go onto websites now with venues across Ireland, a lot of them will have the virtual walkthroughs now. They never they didn't have before That's because right. they couldn't have people out right. to do um, to do consultations. So it's nearly um, you know it's working along alongside that and just taking it a step further. Then you know you you can be in this space, but then we start to add all of the fluffy stuff. As, oh. as husband calls it's it. much more yeah. than the fluffy stuff. So. Um, <laughs> Tell me about the growth then of the company. You've you've mentioned a few key yeah. people, but uh, it started originally with yourself. What have you grown to? Yes, so um, so I am that cliche of working out of the back of my Ford Focus. I think at the time, you know, um, over ten years ago, and in the spare room, um, I have very supportive um, friends and family. My mum, in particular, has been 
integral in, in, in helping me and pushing me forward she's very much a woman of you know you can do whatever you want to do you know let's let's That's get brilliant. on with it you know get stuck in and, and get it done um and she's a force to be reckoned with um uh, but so is she literally one of those sewing the roses or is she might oh, the kids or? yeah ah. uh, actually all of the above right <laughs> everything that needs done. all of the above yes i mean uh, mom was a vice principal at the end of her career um but would have been straight out to the barn afterwards you know to give me a hand or on a saturday sunday morning you know up a scaffold you know doing whatever she needs to do so she's fantastic um and she's the energy of of a 20 year old so um i i sort of think if i can follow that i suppose work ethic i'm, I'm on to a, a good thing um so mom still to this day works very closely with me in the business and it's very very creative and very organized um we have a great team there i think in total now there are 11 of us um between full-time and, and part-time um team um, so we have um, actually our, our sales and marketing manager in the office, Jane, is a previous bride of ours, um, which actually c- came so out nice. really nicely. Yeah. I know because we work so closely with clients, we do form relationships mm-hmm. and some stick, you know, and we, we do form friendships and keep in touch afterwards. And um, Jane's family own a fantastic um, bakery in County Armagh. So she arrived one day at the barn with uh, treats for us all and we got chatting and she had just had her first baby and was going back and it was a, I just remember a really natural conversation said would you ever consider you know moving careers or moving jobs and it was just sort of one of those light bulb moments and it, it really naturally progressed from there that's wonderful absolutely you know and then so the rest of the guys with really varied workforce of sort of engineers of you know people with electrical backgrounds joinery painting all of that kind of thing so we've good hands on board to kind of fix lots of problems and build lots of nice new things see that's the thing we need to understand that that, that oh. it's not just the fluffing definitely not <laughs> there's no. you know and then i suppose knowing that venue too where you know where all the sockets are you know yeah. what's likely to blow what's yeah. like you well, need those people to be fair been, that's mm. probably one of the things that has been very useful for my surveying days i can measure ah. up a room better than you than you can imagine you know of course um and it you know there's a lot of hard graft goes into you know welling design and set design and all of that kind of thing and a lot of building work you know um depending depending on what we're doing so um the prep end of things you know we're fortunate to have a big barn base there just outside tandrigy and we we build and we make a lot of our own props and a lot of you know we sew our own drapes we do all of that kind of thing which gives us a great control over the product that then we're going to deliver on site come the event day you know um, so what about because I often worry about the, you know, the key person in the business I would say is you yes does everybody want you a lot of the time yeah. <laughs> and how difficult is that um it comes with its with its challenges um to, to be fair our, our process um when a client gets in touch probably their first point of contact will be will be Jane or Gemma in the office you know um and they're they're excellent they care as much as as I do you know they they want the client experience to be really really good and we have great systems in place that we can that we can handle things um and usually there'll be a bit of a discovery call to find out sort of the basic information where who how it's happening when um exactly <laughs> when I know um and then the, the next step will always be to set up a consultation in person with with me either at the couple's venue or invited up to our bar and whatever that will so be that's always you that will always be me um simply because i handle the design end of things so whenever we're doing um the initial design concept that will come from me and i will largely be there on the day 
putting that together supported very very much by the team um, but that's my baby that's, mm-hmm. that's the bit I love you know and um, you couldn't see yourself kind of stepping back from that not yet not yet I know I know <laughs> yeah. it is a challenge no, it, it, it is yeah. I have got better and I I've, I've had to start to delegate better, yes. you know, um, and it's been for the benefit of, of the business. Yes. And it's not until you do it that I think you realise that. Isn't it the secret getting people who are better than you? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it, it, it's such but a But not fear thing. them. Exactly. Not fear them. Yes. I mean, um, I, I love to hear um, if, if Jade or Gemma or, or Mum are on a call to, to a client um, and they're chatting away. I, I can feel their enthusiasm. You uh-huh. know, they want it to be as good as it can possibly yeah. be. I get lovely emails in from clients saying, I just wanted to um, write and say thank you to Jane and Gemma for, for doing this. They won't mention me at all, you know, and I love that. Yeah. You know, I, I genuinely That's love that. it has been that real connection. Absolutely. They've been there yeah, from It is the not a solo go. effort. It no. definitely is a team effort. Um, and every event we do, it, it wouldn't happen without all of us, you know, clubbing together and getting mm-hmm. it done. Well, obviously, there's a massive industry out there. Yes, COVID um, changed things, but now events are back. How many of you got on the go at the minute? I think last count, and we try not to count actually at the moment. Uh, and we've we've well over 150 events this year um, on the books. Now that that will also include our uh, from our weddings to our corporate events to our seasonal styling. You know, uh, that's everything across the so board. So 150 and. How many kind of encounters, how much, that's not just, you know, how much work goes into, into 150? That. Yes, so um, in terms of full wedding planning, we'll actually limit that to about 10 a year maximum. Oh my goodness. Simply because of the time that goes into that, that's very much coming from me. If it's the wedding planner, we I will be there on the day, all day of your wedding. But it could be a two-year process. Um, so it's a lot of time and energy that goes into that. So presumably you charge appropriately then. The weddings are, are big business. Yes, that's it. And I, I think even there has been a change of uh, sort of a, a different perception is, is now adopted towards the wedding and events industry. Um, I think probably even the pandemic has shown us that we do need to, to value what we're doing mm. and charge our work. And how work difficult has done. that been for you in the past? Do you know, so I think once you make the decision, it's much easier. Um, I, I think previously, you, you, because you wanted it to be so fabulous for people and you wanted to give them everything, you, you tried to discount and you tried, you know, and you were slightly embarrassed to say it costs this or it costs that. Yeah. And actually through lockdown and through the pandemic, when we sat down and really looked at the hours that are spent and the time that goes in and the resources that we put into things, we said, right, enough's enough. We really need to start looking that, you know, it is a business, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and, do you know, something, the, the reaction has been e- exceptional. People value what we're doing and they value our time. Mm-hmm. And if we don't, then we're only to blame ourselves. No, I think it's a great lesson. And obviously you can feel guilty and bad if somebody comes in, they have a very small budget, but you are running a business. Yes, that's it. And I think probably with the budget conversation, it's never comfortable, you know, with anybody. Mm. But it's one that has to be had because everyone has a budget, regardless of what it is. Um, So we always have the conversation, but... I try to stress to clients, the purpose of it isn't to how much money can you spend? That's never the purpose of a budget conversation. It's to how can we make your budget work as hard as we possibly can for you? You know, if I know I have X amount to spend, I said, okay, then let's prioritize that into the things that really, really matter to you. You know, whether it's your floral design or whether it's your, you know, the lighting of the room or whatever it's going to be, you know, that's where our responsibility comes in to really guide them to make sure it's what it needs to be for them within that budget as opposed to pushing them outside the budget and making it uncomfortable for them. 
And, you know, there'll be people that'll be shouting at this now and go, Sarah, ask her, how much is the cost? <laughs> much is the cost? <laughs> but roughly, yes. I know, and obviously because we have to understand all of the costs that you have, we've already heard who you well, have that, to pay. That's it, yes. It, it's very much a scaled okay. process. So if we're doing um, just the wedding design, so the styling, bringing in the decor, the floral, the props, all of that kind of thing, it really could start from anywhere from around 3,000 upwards. Um, which okay. That's all right. I yes, thought that absolutely. was. I thought you were going to say much more. Yeah, I mean, that surprised me. Don't get me wrong. It that's probably very much your starting point, <laughs> you know. And we have to, I suppose, be realistic about it. At the same time, there there are people that will come to us and say, "I'm not actually that worried too much about the styling, but I want." the entertainment to be phenomenal ah. and I want the food to be this and I want the wine selection to be that. So, so you do all of that? Uh, absolutely, ah. yes. For our for our planning clients, we do. Okay. So that, and that's what I mean about in terms of establishing the budget. It's pulling out what then is important. You know, if someone is not concerned remotely about flowers, I'm not going to push them to spend, you know, five to ten thousand pounds on flowers, but they maybe want to fly in a band that they have dreamt of for years, you know, to, to be at playing at their wedding reception. So it's just finding that balance. So have you booked any biggies? Well, we've had a few of the function band coming over for a few weddings um, recently and they're fantastic. Right. They're they're very um they work through your crowd during dinner and, it's, you know, it's very interactive, you know, which I think there's a big push moving towards, you know. So what are the big trends then at the minute? So if we take weddings, first of all, what, is, what are people looking for? Um, I've just been invited to a woodland wedding. Oh, fantastic. That's quite nice. Yeah, fantastic. There's talk about sleeping in a tent. A, a, a bell you just tent. Have to with you have to get on board. Really? Embrace it. Toilets? <laughs> anyway, keep going. Um, I think trends scales are bigger people want a wow factor um i mean there was there was uh, there was chat through the pandemic that things were just going to be small scale forever you know that um people now loved you know uh, a dinner for 10 and it would never go back to the big scale weddings and i always sort of thought yes it will you know people mm. want to have a party they want to celebrate it's their big day they want their friends and family there you know um and so i think it can it can people can i suppose get overrun or overwhelmed with it too but as long as it's under control it's about walking in and having a real wow factor whether that's something very much ceiling installations that's a big big trend that doesn't seem to be going anywhere you know Um, and a lot of that will be floral based um or key lighting um so beautiful i mean just even looking at some of the images uh, on your social media and i would urge you to to check it out because you know ep design i know the wedding uh the the website is under construction at the minute that's right yes but the socials are there just have a look and i mean the flowers are so Oh, absolutely. It actually reminds me of, sorry, Bridgerton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And one of the key things that has definitely moved forward, um, I would say in the last even sort of four or five years, it used to be very much um, saying your your tablescape, a centrepiece, um, and and that was pretty much it. Oh, yes, your table centrepiece. now it is very much about the full table design. So that lovely layering effect, if you were going to a dinner party, you know, you would probably go that little bit of an extra mile. You'd have your lovely pressed linen, maybe in an accent colour, your charger plate, your you know your pattern side plates maybe coloured glass where all of the layered candlelight it's adding that kind of attention to detail just to give it that really lovely high end finish mm-hmm. that I think people are starting to appreciate now and I suppose you know when you think about it you're at the the table for quite a length of time it's your first impression when you sit down and um, so we're definitely um, we're seeing people paying much more attention to their tables and we encourage it I I personally love that sort of really full finish on a table so you were saying that you're planning all sorts of events um 
across the island of Ireland? Do you ever go abroad? Yep. We haven't yet, um, although it's definitely on the bucket list. Um, so we, ha- we have quite a lot of international clients who we will work with that will come and get married um, as in Ireland as a destination wedding. Um, so that's even something we're starting to look at a little bit as well, but flipping it of the reverse that we'll maybe travel with clients abroad to do the planning um, for them, you know, across the water. Oh, definitely. Um, which we could probably, you know, ease into I'll quite come nicely. To if you yes, want come any along. Help. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to pay it, me. It, so- it sounds glamorous. I know. You know it always does. You know, cleaning a dance floor in your well, hands that's knees it. and all and that. And I mean, what does it? How? Because I, I would work at a lot of events, and I see all the guys, you know, doing the AV and building yeah. the sets and the stages, and everybody's having a great time until the last man's standing. But you can't take anything down. Exactly, that last it, yes. man has gone. Where you see the first there and the last to leave. Yeah, so it's yes. exhausting, and the hours aren't very yeah. family friendly, are they? No, they're not. And you definitely need, a, you know, a very good support network, which I'm, which I'm very lucky to have. You know, whether it's through mum and my dad my mother-in-law is fabulous um so i'm very lucky in that regard but you know we do laugh anytime we would um advertise you know for event crew or or, or teams we are inundated you know with um with applicants who who think it's going to be an earpiece and a clipboard you know and and we have to really you know shatter dreams and illusions that it, it will be you know scrubbing a dance floor it will be climbing a scaffold to start you know attaching 500 roses to a marquee ceiling whatever it's going to be it's it's labor intensive and it's it's long hours but but it's also really rewarding you know so i think you get through the long hours and and the hard work because at the end of the day it's it's a really beautiful thing that you're creating and a really personal experience you've created such an incredible business um and you are the leader. You have you have started it all up. What kind of boss do you think you are? Oh dear! Do you know, I actually don't sit that comfortably with the with the word boss. I don't, I I don't sort of feel like a boss. I I, I aspire to lead my team. I, I do. I have definite room for improvement. Um, I'm not great at confrontation and all of that kind of thing. It's not really in my personality. Thankfully, I rarely have to, <laughs> which is lucky. But I think. Probably one of my strengths as a as a team leader is that I allow people to do what they do best. Um, I am very aware of my own limitations. I know what I'm good at, but I'm very aware of what I'm not. So I like to surround myself with really good people who who can take on the things that I'm not strong at. Um, and we were joking about like the social media end of things and technology and that. That's not my strength. It's not really my my thing. But um, I have a great team there. Um, in the office who are fantastic at it you know and put reels and tiktoks and all that kind of <laughs> all of that kind of stuff together um, I sound like a real old lady there not really knowing what they're called but um, so I think just allowing people a wee bit of scope and a wee bit of creativity to take ownership of their role in the business has been a massive massive thing to really push our, our business on and in terms of sort of managing I would imagine when you're putting on events um I don't want to say disaster is never too far from around the corner, but, you know, you do, as I said, have to be flexible. Things go wrong. What's been the worst Mm -hmm. thing that you've had to deal with? Oh, well, I'm trying to think. Thankfully, we haven't had too many ever a big thing, I suppose. There's always lots and lots of little things things. that the client will never, ever know about. Um, I mean, it's just the nature of the beast of an event. You know, there'll always be something that hasn't arrived on time or something goes wrong with the food, whatever it might be. Um, But we have... Our, our model was just be completely overprepared 
all the time. So plan B, plan C. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we go as far as we have, you know, a staff meeting ahead of an event for a what if conversation. And we literally try, you know, throw oh, out do you do that? if that can happen, what if this, what will you do? You know, who will you speak to? Where will you go? Um, it, it, you can't cover every base, but you but can cover a belt, lot of them. Belt and braces. And actually Absolutely. there's where the control freak is good. There's exactly. where the, if you had, if you weren't <laughs> like that, it would be pandemonium. You exactly. couldn't run an events company. I think it's, you know, being turning up early and having too much stuff with you you know having you know excess Extras. stock all of that kind of thing um even again going back to the staff of having a really varied skill set of people with you you know if i remember one event and it was it was back sort of in the early days it was probably one of my um, first large corporate events and we were doing kind of a winter wonderland type of an idea and we had um 10 to 12 foot sort of big light up led trees going out they were brand new you know straight out of the box had all been tested uh, got up it's actually in the titanic in belfast and a uh, about 10 of them just wouldn't just wouldn't oh, work no. and i just remember thinking what am i going to do and i i barely had to say a word and i just looked at um it was leslie there was one of my um guys that was working with that day and all i had to do was nearly glance at him and he's like leave it with me i'll sort it just leave it with me and he sorted it Love i it. don't know how he sorted it so is that what you it. look for when you're recruiting as Absolutely. somebody that's not a panicker and as it brings solutions very much so and i remember my first uh, job with with lisney said my background was law it wasn't property um and my director at the time after he he gave me the position said we obviously interviewed a number of people who came from a property background but i can teach you that you know we have systems in place we're confident in our training programs i can teach you all of that we want someone who's going to bring something else to the table so i'm i've it's something that's just always stuck with me um and i think anytime people are coming in for an interview or if we're recruiting staff i sort of think it's not that they have to have a background in events in fact if they you know have had a you know a career in floral design or a makeup artist or they're a fantastic office manager with you know fantastic organizational skills that appeals to me uh, nearly more so. The organised person. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> exactly. Absolutely, Kate. Honestly, this uh, 40 minutes has absolutely flown by, Julianne. I've absolutely loved talking to you about an area I, don't, I know very little about. Um, the purpose of this podcast, and I ask this question to everyone as a final question, is to inspire existing business owners, yes, and ambitious entrepreneurs to grow their business by offering insight into the success of businesses such as EP Design Limited. But what advice would you give to people who may have a business idea but no idea where to begin are unsure as to whether the risk is worth taking? I think... Probably the best piece of advice I could give or give myself that I was going back um, when I started is to just jump in with, with both feet and don't worry maybe so much about what the worst thing that could happen is. Try and focus on what's the very best thing that I could that could come from this. Um, but I suppose nearly to caveat that slightly with, you know, do your homework. Um, don't be naive going into it that business is going to happen overnight. It is hard work and you have to be prepared and conscientious that you're going to put in the hours, put in the effort, have very little social life, you know, become, I suppose, a bit of a bore for a few years. But knowing that if you stick with it and you want to create something that has longevity, then it, it, it will, it's worth it and you'll reap the rewards if you're prepared to put in the time and the effort. What are you most proud of? Oh, Probably my my mind always goes to not even anything to do with EP. My mind definitely goes to my, my three kids. Uh, you know, they're they're everything to me. Um, but EP based 
I actually am just really proud of the team that we've created and the community that we've created. Um, it's a, I hope, you know, I, I strive to make it a lovely place to work. Um, there's a bit of crack, there's a bit of banter, you know, and everyone has a bit of fun, but at the same time, they work hard and they know what they're there to do. And I have a lot of trust in the team around me. Um, You're proud of yourself. Yeah. You've achieved a lot. Oh, well. <laughs> I know we're not I'm good gonna, at answering know, that, are we? I know. But we had a conversation in the office there the other day about, um, you know, women taking compliments and said, you're looking, you know, you're looking great. Oh, no, 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 I'm not. <laughs> this whole thing, pre-mark, five um, pounds. Exactly, exactly, yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I'm getting there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's an incredible story and do check out the social medias for, uh, for EP Design Limited, website coming shortly. And Julianne, thank you so much for being my guest on the Public Eye podcast. Thank you, sir. Uh, and for everyone else, tune in to the next episode. Bye-bye. This podcast was recorded in Granite Podcast Studio. Interested in starting up your own podcast but don't know how? Granite Podcast Studio can help. Record your podcast in our state-of-the-art studio, which is based in the heart of Newry City. Our studio has cutting-edge and user-friendly technology and can seat up to four people. We also provide an editing service for our team using your guidance and editing notes to provide you with a flawless finished product, leaving your listeners wanting more. For more information on how you can get started, visit www.granitepodcaststudio.com.